Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. My brand new book, Midwife Pip's Guide to a Positive Birth, is now available. So much more than a book, this is a guide that allows me to hold your hand through your birth preparation journey. With over a decade of experience and knowledge packed in to ensure you really are empowered in the way you deserve to achieve a positive birth, regardless of the twists and turns that crop up. Make sure that you get your hands on Midwife Pip's Guide to a Positive Birth Book now and are empowered to have the birth experience that you deserve. Hello and welcome to the Pregnancy Wellness Podcast, hosted by me, Pip a practicing midwife who is on a mission to provide you with real evidence-based information about pregnancy, birth and the postpartum. Each episode, I'll be joined by special guests and leading experts to equip you with all the information you need for an empowered journey from conception right through to motherhood. So with no further ado, let's make a cuppa and get started with today's episode. For many women, exercise forms part of their identity and hugely influences their overall wellness. The benefits of exercise for our physical and mental health are well understood. And after giving birth, this is often more important than ever. During pregnancy and birth, women's bodies are devoted to growing, nurturing and birthing their baby. And to do so, they undergo huge physiological and psychological changes. So it's important we return to exercise in a sensible and safe way in the postpartum. The guidance seems to be very generalised and there exists a huge amount of vague and confusing information around the processes of postpartum exercise. So I am thrilled to be joined on this week's episode by Wendy Powell, the founder and CEO of leading global digital health tech platform, Mutu System, and a woman who is as passionate as I am about supporting women to embrace safe exercise in a way that will enhance their health and wellness. Wendy is the woman behind the world's best-selling medically recommended online program for mothers, trusted by over 70,000 women worldwide, Loved and recommended by Hollywood celebrity trainers and their clients, specialist women's health experts, surgeons and even royalty. Wendy is shifting the conversation on women's bodies towards equality and empowerment for health, confidence and power. She's also on the Women's Development Board of Empowerment Charity, Microlone and works with medical professionals around the world to improve education, dignity, and empowerment for mothers. So suffice to say, she is perfectly suited to talking to us today about returning to exercise after birth. And I'm delighted that she's found time to join me this week. So welcome, Wendy, and thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Thank you for having me, Pip. What a lovely intro. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. (laughs) 
Brilliant. So, Wendy, I know um, you are active on social media, but under the Mutu system. So what kind of is that for our listeners? And I guess what's your kind of ethos behind the system and setting that up? Sure. So um, first off the name, because I'm often asked about that. So Mutu comes from mummy tummy. Okay. I kind of figured that one out over a glass of wine with my mum years ago <laughs> and it just stuck. So it's Mutu system, M-U-T-U. Now what we are, as, as you beautifully explained, we're, a, we're an online platform for mums recovering from core or pelvic floor compromise in some way. Um, totally suitable throughout pregnancy, so throughout the entire motherhood journey. Um, now, the ethos behind it, I'm really glad you asked me that because I think, you know, we, as you know, uh, the, the, the world of fitness, and um, we've spoken about this before, is, is so focused on how we are supposed to look, um, as if that is the, that, that is the one um, goal, that's the main goal, it's all about what we should look like, and we totally disagree with that at Muti System. So our ethos, my ethos, and the principle behind Muti System is the statement, the absolute belief that every woman deserves the dignity of a body that works and that feels good for her. Now, if there are some aesthetic bonuses that come along with following our program, which there often are, then, then all good if that's what's important to you. But we very much focus on really two, two words, I would say, function and dignity. Does your body work? Does it do what you want it to do? Does it, does it, um, can you control it? Does it feel good? Um, and, and dignity, which is also obviously around anything to do with a body that feels uncomfortable or, or worse, painful um, in situations when it absolutely shouldn't be either of those things. Um, it's very hard for women to be all that they're supposed to be in the world if they are dealing with these underlying symptoms that make them feel bad. So dignity and function is where we start. Amazing. So I suppose, Wendy, now is probably quite a nice time for us to, I guess, abolish the, um, the myth in that there's this awful movement that circulates around social media and, and through journalism with the idea of getting your pre-baby body back and so I think it's important I guess for our listeners to understand one that's totally what not not what this podcast episode's about it's about all the things that really that the, the ethos of the Mooty system is and I know that that is one of your underlying themes as well like moving away from that awful connotation that we we hear battered about <laughs> absolutely i hate that phrase get your body back it, it's because it, what it implies is that we're supposed to negate or or feel ashamed of um the, the process that that our bodies have been through throughout that pregnancy and, and motherhood journey and process and our bodies are different um and they need to be rehabbed and looked after and made strong um but what we're not trying to do is go backwards we don't need to go backwards we can go forward and be strong and fabulous so yeah i totally agree with you i hate the body back phrase it's the worst and your body never went anywhere it grew another human like that's incredible exactly. yeah <laughs> but it's still there babe looking fantastic yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely so when it comes to I guess returning to exercise following a baby it's going to be such a different time scale and a different journey for every individual but kind of in your experience when do women sort of try and get back to exercise and is kind of they're a too soon kind of ethos and can that be I guess a little bit harmful if women are trying to sort of rush back before maybe their body is is fully recovered and ready 
I think what the important distinction there often is, what do we mean by exercise? Because exercise, of course, means different things to different people. So, um, so first of all, I would say that when you're talking before we talk before you start thinking about exercise after is even better if you've been thinking about these things beforehand. And as I say, it's about that definition around exercise. So I'm not talking about high intensity exercise or running or anything else. Now, if you do those things, that's totally cool, and we can talk about how you adapt that and make that work. But what I mean is if if you are in a situation where you're pregnant congratulations if you're pregnant then um that is the perfect time if you haven't already to be starting to think about this sort of core and pelvic floor connection which is what we work on um certainly afterwards and ideally before so as far as getting back into it um we have a, the, the, the the initial stages of of muti system and and where we start is kind of a a backup, if you like, from where many people would start. So when we talk about getting back to exercise, what um, we're not talking about is, okay, well, I used to go to that class or I used to run or whatever it was pre-pregnancy. I'm not pregnant anymore. I'll just start doing that again. And it's kind of, it's, so that's, that's, that's sort of not the ideal process. What, what we want to look at instead is to start to build what I call the foundations. Because if we start lifting things or running or jumping up and down or doing any kind of intensive exercise on a body where the foundations for the moment need some help then you are going to cause injury or pain um, you're also likely to exacerbate or even create problems around pelvic floor and core now I think you know you, you said earlier Pip about you know there's a lot of misinformation and I think one of the one of the bits of information that I know scares a lot of women and sort of really puts them off is this is this view that, oh, I'll never be able to do that again. You know, um, oh, I tried running. I peed myself when I run. That's it. I'll never run. And of course, that's not the case. But what it does it is, it is the perfect example of your body telling you in no uncertain terms that it is not ready to do that yet. So we just need to build those foundations first. So what's important to, to know as you're as you're coming back into exercise, whatever form or intensity that takes for you, um, is to listen to your body. So in terms of when you're ready, your body is telling you if it leaks, if it hurts, if it feels like it's bulging or protruding or falling out or bearing down, any of those things, that's your body telling you, I'm not ready to do this yet. Okay, it's not never, it's just not right now. So, and it's and what it's telling you is that we need to back up and we need to build those foundations. So that core pelvic floor connection, I call it, it it's, it's not strengthening yet, it's connection. So it's, I strongly believe that in that one of the, issues and this was sort of from many years of working with pregnant and postnatal clients myself and having my own babies um, and the reason I created Moti system really was because what I felt was this need to back up a step because what we're doing is we're jumping to into the exercises that used to make our tummies flatter or make us our core stronger we're jumping to those but actually those core muscles that system is not quite working right and we need to reconnect it and get it working right, and then we can strengthen it. Um, we often say you can't strengthen a muscle that your your head and your heart stop talking to if it's not connecting. If when if when you think about engaging your core or, or doing your pelvic floor exercises, and you feel you're sort of going through the motions, but you can't really feel it, or you don't really know what it's supposed to feel like. That's a connection missing. So we we start there. So in terms of how soon afterwards, 
you can walk as soon as you feel able and you should, you know, as soon as you feel like in any way inclined, because <laughs> I know that sort of straight after mine, I didn't feel particularly inclined to get out of bed for a day or two, but um, as soon as you feel inclined and you think you can manage it, walk outside. The fresh air, the circulation, there are a billion mental and physical benefits to doing that. Um, and similarly with this core and pelvic floor reconnection, you can start on day one. You know, as soon as, as you see, feel, feel ready, if you're breathing, <laughs> you can do the breathing exercises. Okay, so you're good. Now, as far as getting back to anything more intensive, there is a general rule around sort of six weeks post baby or 10 weeks post C-section. We also often say after your postnatal checkup with your doctor, but I know that, um, you know, that checkup can be uh, vague at best. <laughs> in many women's cases so again it's about listening to your body so around six weeks for getting back to anything that we would class maybe as as more exercise so anything like going to a class or 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 starting to jog a little or anything like that if that's something you want to get back to six weeks is an absolute minimum you start super super slow you we progress you don't jump in back into where you came out and listen to your body as you go backing up as you need to I love that because I think sometimes women feel like if they don't go back as quickly as possible to where they were pre-birth or pre-pregnancy, that it's going to really slow down their kind of long-term goals. But actually, by doing it in the kind of structured way that you've talked about and stepping back and working on that really important connection and that underlying foundation strength first you're going to reduce all those little hiccups along the way. So actually, you're probably going to get back to your, your fitness goals or your aesthetic goals or whatever that might be um, much quicker and on kind of a smoother path, I suppose, than kind of rushing into things and then you've got issues with leaking or pain or, or ending up with injuries because your body has changed and your muscles have been stretched in ways that they, they haven't before. So it's really important that we kind of focus on that first, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, if you, as you say, you're going to, and there's, there's, it's, there's the physical elements to it. And of course there's the mental health elements to it. You know, if, if exercise in whatever form that looks like for you is important to you to get back to, it can be incredibly upsetting and frustrating um, when you try to do that, but your body just does not respond or behave or perform in the way that you want it to. So yeah, just, just know that you can get there. You can absolutely get there. You just need to build those foundations nicely first. Definitely. And I think appreciating kind of what your body goes through during pregnancy and childbirth, like it's massively transformed and you've literally grown and then given birth to another human being. So that recovery process is going to take a little while. It's taken roughly nine months to grow this human. And then you've gone through the process of birth. And regardless of what your birth might have looked like, there is some trauma to some tissues. And um, whether that's a vaginal birth, a cesarean section, your pelvic floor has been pressurize and stretch during pregnancy even if you haven't had a vaginal birth um, and all, all these things we've got to we've got to understand I think and take into consideration and that'll then help to understand I guess the purpose of that that reconnection that you spoke about Wendy and I know we kind of alluded to the idea of some breathing exercises that can form almost the most preliminary part of that journey do you mind just talking through I guess what those kind of exercises might look like and some of the techniques that we could perhaps start to use in the kind of early days. Absolutely. I'm happy to. Yeah. So essentially what I mean by those breathing exercises is, is, I mean, how many times, and I'm sure many women listening to this have heard the phrase, 
engage your core or do your pelvic floor exercises and we nod and we say yeah doing that got it um but in terms of actually what is it supposed to feel like when you do that and do it correctly is very often not explained very well or or at all um so what we do with the breathing exercises and this kind of forms the absolute foundation of multi system and then we build on it so the way that we we take um women through the process of, of rehab and then into strengthening and beyond is is really it's about layering it's about layering. So you start off with, okay, let's first of all find out, discover, either for the first time or rediscover, what it feels like to engage my pelvic floor um, and my core. They, those systems are connected, or they should be. Um, so the, the, way, the way we start with that is to teach um, what we call the Muti breath, which is um, often, you know, there's lots of different names for that sort of breath out there, diaphragmatic breathing, the piston, that kind of thing. But what it means is, is to, um, to learn to coordinate the way we breathe with the totally natural action of our diaphragm and our pelvic floor. So when we breathe in, everything is relaxing and expanding. So I often teach to, to think about the ribs expanding. So rather than sort of any movement going on up in the shoulders and, and in the higher chest, but rather the ribs expanding the belly as well to an extent. Um, so you the inhale is the expanding relaxation phase and the relaxation phase of um, core and pelvic floor work is incredibly important. I'll come back to that in a moment. But then on the exhale of the movement, that's when we engage. So, but in terms of visualizing that for pelvic floor, I would often describe trying not to fart. That works. Try not to fart as you blow out slowly through pursed lips. Imagine you're drawing a tampon further up inside you as you exhale. Um, another another lovely visual from Kim Votney years ago was um, that if imagine that your vagina is a, a, a glass full of smoothie and, and it's the straw and you're sucking up so a thick smoothie that needs to be sucked up through this straw. Do that on the exhale. So there's, there, others might say, imagine you're picking up a grape or picking up a blueberry. There's loads of brilliant visuals to try and, and to be, you know, um, we use loads of them because it, it's, it's something's going to connect, you know. So what's happening on that exhale, on, during that exhale is when the, the pelvic floor and um, naturally is going to draw back upwards and what you're doing is you're working with your breath to, to synchronize that and to sort of connect the dots again at the same time on that exhale the lower abdomen will be gently drawing in and i emphasize gently and um, engaging your core doing core work doing your pelvic floor exercises there is nothing forceful all right you're not sucking in hard you shouldn't really be able to see anything going on on the outside um, maybe if you stood side onto a mirror you might see a, a, um, a, a slight movement on the lower abs but this is not sucking in the pelvis shouldn't be tucking under and shifting the chest shouldn't be going in and out you know this is this is um subtle movement and it's it's all happening inside so it's the total relaxation on the inhale and it's the um engaging both core drawing up the pelvic floor drawing gently in the core on the exhale but the the relaxation phase the inhale phase is so important and i i think um didn't you had claire on from six physio recently didn't yes you? yeah yeah and then we were talking about that then we've we've worked with um the physios at six physio for years and and that that element of relaxation that she talks about of the pelvic floor important during pregnancy and prep for birth and so important afterwards because what we so often hear 
when we're talking about pelvic floor exercises is squeeze. All we ever hear about is the squeeze. Squeeze hard, and if you're trying to stop yourself peeing, then you, we squeeze, right? And we hear of kegels and, and kegels and pelvic floor exercises, and always the focus is on squeezing. Now, the squeezing is important. The squeezing is the muscles contracting and working, but no muscle can work if it's always on squeeze, okay? It has to be able to relax and work at full length, full um, extension. Um, I often use the example of a bicep. Um, it, it's, if, you're, if your bicep is turned on here, on, switched on, now I need my bicep, it's got nowhere to go. It needs to be able to fully work at full extension as well as full contraction. And your pelvic floor is exactly the same. Your core is the same. Don't suck your tummy in all the time. Don't hang on to your pelvic floor all the time. These muscles need to be able to fully relax. And this is vitally important pre-birth um, and during pregnancy and in prep for birth, but it's vital afterwards. So we very much focus every bit as much and dependent on symptoms sometimes more on the the relaxed phase of the pelvic floor contraction as much as the contract phase. So always bear that in mind that a Kegel, a pelvic floor exercise, a core engagement process is has two, two stages to it. It's not just squeezing and hanging on. That's really important. Yeah, that's so important. Thank you for mentioning that, Wendy. And we do talk about it with um, Claire in episode five of the podcast um, and again we allude to the idea that actually having your pelvic floor that's too tight is just as dysfunctional as one that's too loose so it's really important to get that balance and it's such a shame isn't it that we can't see our pelvic floor because it really would be so much easier <laughs> if we could see what we were doing and I, I think know, sometimes we say, don't we like encourage to have a look you know get a mirror and have a look yeah like, when you're doing the exercises you know because you can see something going on you know um no we can't see all of the internal workings but we can see something going on and I think the more that we can get again there's that connection we don't we shut off from what we don't like how it feels or how it looks or how it's working don't we um I mean I can remember post my first um 14 years ago and I can remember a mid the midwife coming to to my home and she said oh your stitches are healing nicely do you want to see and I was like no <laughs> I was like no I do not want to see and uh, you know but at that stage I was so in that like I don't want to look at it, it doesn't feel right, it doesn't look right, you know, and, and I think that that, you know, is a really big part of our recovery is, and, and, and a big part of our reconnecting with our body and what it's done, um, you know, to, to be able to, to touch, to see, to feel, um, and to make that connection again. Definitely. And I think, like you said, getting that mirror and having a little look, we've got really bad at, um, I think, being familiar with our bodies and our own bodies, and whether that's because we're so used to seeing all these other a supposedly perfect bodies whatever that is portrayed all over the place and um, that actually we feel like if ours doesn't look like that then perhaps we shouldn't be shouldn't be you know connecting with it and we we really need to move away from that because we're all awesome um, so we talked a little bit about kind of women who perhaps might return to exercise and then find that they're having some symptoms. So whether that's leaking, whether that's pain, whether that's that feeling of bulging or heaviness or something just doesn't quite feel right. And I think sometimes we're not amazing at using our own intuition. And actually as women, our bodies are to some extent, I suppose, self-limiting in that they will tell us, no, that's not right. Let's modify, let's change it or let's, let's stop and reassess. Is there any kind of tests I suppose or any way that women can go about determining whether their body is ready for them to start exercising again 
I think a lot of it is to um, to try things in a progressive way and let your body tell you what's working. So as you said, then any if 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 there's pain, stop. Clearly, if there's pain, that's not good. Um, but if the, the feelings that we often um, hear described um, as far as, 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 as doing something that is, is too intensive for where you're at now, are many of those feelings you just described, uh, bulging, bearing down, heaviness, um, like a dragging kind of feeling, um, feeling like a tampon's falling out or a tampon actually falling out. It, it's kind of all of those sort of feelings of... Um, uh, women often say that they feel like they're falling out at the front, for uh, for example. So it's that there are there tests. Yes, I mean uh, we can test for diastasis recti, of course, which is the the gap in the abdominals. We can test for that and sort of see where that's at and 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 and, and how that, that recovery is coming along. Um, but really, the test with regards to um, pelvic floor and core generally is: does it? Do you feel stable? Do you feel strong? Do you feel like, and, and clearly, do you feel comfortable and, and out of pain? So if you're not feeling, and those are red flags, pain is obviously the biggest red flag, but leaking of any description, bearing down or bulging, they're red flags. So it just means that you can adjust what you're doing slightly. Now, there are lots of ways, and we do a lot of this, of, of just making a slight adjustment. So um, I'll give you an example. So a really sort of quite well-known um, early stage core exercise might be something like a heel slide or a heel drop. So what I mean by that, if you don't know, is you're lying on your back on the floor, your feet are flat, your knees are bent up. Um, and a heel drop would be starting with your knees in coming towards into your chest, and then one at a time dropping a heel down to the floor and doing that in a synchronized way engage um, with your with your breath now we that's an exercise that we, we, we that is um it, that we use in multi system in some forms so now what some women will say so if you imagine you're lying on your back and you've lifted your legs one at a time in towards your chest and someone will say well i feel like i'm straining already just kind of having my knees up and so just the tiniest adjustment bring your knees a little bit closer into your chest the, the strain's gone all right, so there's all these sort of, they're, they're small movements. It doesn't mean that's, you know, that's quite an early stage exercise, but absolutely there will be many women that are like, I feel like I'm straining already, just kind of being in the start position almost. So put your hands on top of your knees, hold them a little bit closer into your chest. Okay, all the strain is now gone. There's no more strain on your abs or your hip flexors while you're doing that now. So now you can go ahead with the the, the breath and the synchronized heel drop. So it's, is it, there a, that, that's, one of a million examples but there are so many ways to adjust what you're doing so if you are experiencing that stuff um think about so for example if you're squatting in some ways there are a thousand and one ways to squat none of them are wrong um but if squatting feels uncomfortable if there's any um inkling of a bearing down or or, or bulging um sensation around your pelvic floor with that don't squat so deep don't squat without support. If you're holding anything or you're doing anything with your with your arms, weights, anything else, take that away. So take away layers. It comes back to layers again. We can layer on, but we can just as easily layer off. Okay, so if you're trying to do something with upper and lower body and there's a strain, take one of them away. Keep your focus where it needs to be. So if when you're exercising or stretching or releasing or doing any of any of those sorts of moves, and you are feeling it in any way sort of where you shouldn't be yeah so there's always in, in any exercise or move or stretch there's generally a relaxed phase and a kind of work phase if the relaxed phase isn't comfortable the work phase isn't going to work 
So get comfortable first. Use support, use cushions. Don't go so deep, don't go so far. Hold on to something, you know, and, and then you layer. So I think that's the, and it, it also comes back to what you were saying about people, women, you know, we do feel very disempowered um, through the sort of birthing process often, unfortunately. And, and that that's, you know, sort of taking that aside, it's kind of, I think what happens with a lot of women is that the way that we feel afterwards is that, oh, well, I don't understand my body. I don't trust my body. My body didn't do what it was supposed to do. It didn't perform. It didn't whatever. So we kind of lose that innate trust in ourselves and in our own body to, to know what it needs and to know what's good for it. So a really important part for me is that in those early stages of that reconnection is to reconnect and trust your body's telling you, if it's uncomfortable, don't fight it. It doesn't mean, no, I'm going to damn well run. I'm going to put a pad in and run. Don't do that. You're not doing battle with your body. All right? We back up and we take layers off just as easily as we can put them on. And it won't, just finally on that, it won't always be a linear process. So don't feel like, you know, you're not a loser because you could do it yesterday and you can't do it today. It's kind of, yeah, it's um, that, that recovery and strengthening process is not linear. You will be backing up. You might go through, you might get a chest infection and be coughing like crazy for a week. That means your pelvic, you're going to back up. Okay, there's, there's all uh, different times of your cycle. Some things are going to feel stronger than others. So never feel that you've got to be going in this linear progress, progress, progress direction. It won't work like that. And, and sort of um, moving on that spectrum, backing up when you need to and going forward again is completely um, where, where we should be. I love that, Wendy. I think that's really useful because, like you say, I think we we vision this this journey back to exercising in the way that makes us feel good and strong, and that's amazing. And and I know both of our kind of motivations is to encourage women to exercise in whatever way feels good and makes them feel strong and capable and supports their mental and physical well being. And um, but it's yeah, it's important to to visualize that as as a journey that is going to fluctuate like everything else else in life. And I think when we think of um, kind of a, a sports injury, perhaps in like a hamstring or, or your bicep, you wouldn't expect to bounce back from that injury instantly. And yet when we give birth, we kind of expect that transition to suddenly be really, really quick. But actually our muscles have undergone injury similar to that of, a, of an arm or a leg or or something and I think we have to understand what's going on inside our bodies and when we spoke about the um the feeling of feeling disempowered after birth it saddens me so much that women I guess feel that way because we have this pressure to have I don't know a natural birth or, or a vaginal birth or or whatever um and and that's not the case for lots of women and unfortunately they are made to feel like that's a failure if that hasn't been been the birth story that they've had and we really need to move away from that because all birth is absolutely incredible and I think after a woman's given birth regardless of the mode or the circumstance around that we should be feeling our most kind of powerful and beautiful um, and almost like unstoppable you know and courageous and yet it seems to be the complete opposite and I think that really reflects on the whole postpartum journey and whether that is that women then don't feel like they want to get out or they they maybe don't feel like it's important that they manage these symptoms and focus on their internal breath and pelvic floor. Um, and I think the whole the whole thing kind of starts from that that setup that we send women into the, the birthing scenario with and these unrealistic expectations. 
I think we've all got a responsibility really to start managing that and managing our expectations and and keeping it real. I think there's been a big shift where actually things have become just so far from reality and the truth and and we can't help but but kind of influence that as women and so I think it's the work that you guys do through the immunity system and actually just recognizing that women don't need to look a certain way and fit a certain mold that mold is very individual to them and we need to make sure our bodies internally are working properly and the aesthetics yes if that happens that's great and if that's something that's important to you fantastic but actually let's get your body functioning and working and able to support all of those aesthetic goals if that's something you want later on. So I, I love that you kind of, you focus on all of that through your system, which is brilliant. And I know we talked a little bit about um, kind of the mental benefits of um, exercise in the postpartum as well. And, and is that something that you work through with your program kind of from the beginning or, or picking up later on? If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yeah, it really is. It really is something that we, we we talk about right from the very start because that exactly what you just described there, that sort of feeling of um, feeling disempowered, feeling less than, feeling um, that you've in any way not performed as you should is, is obviously the opposite of where of where we want to be. And and the thing is that a lot of the symptoms and issues that that we deal with post baby, um, they don't just affect our physical health. So what I mean by that is, you know, if 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 you've got the hamstring industry industry injury if you've got a hamstring injury then your leg hurts and doesn't work so well and that is going to impede you in certain things however it's not going to massively it's not going to affect your mental health in the same way that for example i'm too scared to say yes to going out with my friend because I'm going to, I'm worried of being away from a toilet for too long because i'm going to pee myself or it's not the same as intimacy or sex with your partner being uncomfortable or even painful and not feeling you can talk about that comfortably um these things leaking um prolapse symptoms incontinence symptoms um painful sex symptoms these these issues have massive effects on our whole life on our you know on our and and massively on our mental health so i think you know we did a campaign not so long ago into pelvic health is mental health because it is, it's like these pelvic health conditions are, they massively affect our ability to just go through and enjoy life and activity. And that's not the same as a sprained ankle or a, or a sore arm, you know? And so, so I think that these issues around um, postpartum, they are having such huge implications for women's mental health, for their self-esteem, for their confidence. Um, and as you say, when that's been kind of knocked by um, you know, a birth experience or process that, that didn't go as they were led to believe it should or they'd hoped it would, unfortunately, that feeling of, of, of lack of control simply continues. And, and, and so we get this lack of trust in our body to figure itself out. So if on top of that, we're dealing with, we feel, you know, if, if on top of that, you feel like your vagina is going to fall out when you go to the bathroom or sex hurts, then all of that is just adding to and exacerbating that that sort of that that mental state of 
um, I'm no good at this. You know, I, my body is not doing this right. It's not, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't look good. It doesn't respond the way I want it to. And, and that's so the mental health piece is huge, absolutely huge. I think that's, um, and we focus on that right from the start um, of reconnecting with the body physically, but also emotionally um, and mentally. Um, and we really need to take care of our own and other women's mental health around this time, because there are far, far too many women feeling crap about themselves at a time when as we've, as we've said, they should be feeling amazing, but they don't because it doesn't feel good and they're not getting the answers that they need and they're not getting the information or the education that they need. Um, so I think it, what's so important is, is to obviously provide that guidance and that education, which we're, which we're all hopefully doing and contributing to. Um, but also to, just to open up those conversations, it's the stuff that nobody tells you. I think that the thing that we've heard the most, we hear the most often at Mutu is why did nobody tell me this? Why did nobody tell me it was going to feel like this? Why did nobody tell me I was going to feel like this about myself? You know, nothing prepares you for that. So I think, you know, I think it's part of our, our job, you know, we see as yes, providing that, that technical expertise, that guidance, that education, this is how you do the exercises, but it's also very much around, um, having those conversations, opening those conversations and, and, and guiding women and, and literally holding that space for them as they go through this process of, of rediscovering and reconnecting with their body. Definitely. And I think just recognising that actually these things that women are feeling and these symptoms in the postnatal period are really normal, but we yes. don't talk about it. And I think just getting that that conversation out there for women and recognising this is normal, but this is what we do about it. It's not going to be like this forever. It's because yeah. of what your body's been through. Um, but these are the things we do. And this is how we get you back to that place that you that you want to be to make you feel good and strong. And just getting those conversations out there is so important, isn't it, for women to realise that actually they're not on their own and there's loads of support out there, but we need to talk about it. Exactly. Definitely. So is there anything, Wendy, that we can kind of look to do prenatally or in the pregnancy period or even for someone who, I guess, is planning a pregnancy to kind of help with this transition and managing some of these symptoms in the postnatal period? I think there really is. I think, you know, if we're if we're only for the first time trying to discover what it feels like when our pelvic floor works after we've just had a vaginal birth, for example, um, we're, we're kind of setting ourselves quite a steep learning curve. So if, if, if what we can do is start to have those conversations and talk through that connection and that synchronized breathing and understanding, not just see, see that, that pelvic floor core contraction timing with breathing, that's, it's not just for when you sit quietly and do that exercise. It's the reason that we do that is so that we can layer on top so that when you pick your child up off the floor, your back doesn't hurt and your tummy doesn't feel like it's going to fall out and, and, and you don't worry that you're going to pee yourself. Okay, so it's, it's all about starting with those foundations and then layering and, and adapting that to, okay, so now that I know how to keep my pelvic floor and core stable and protected, I know how to lift that car seat. I know how to lift that child. I know how to, um, you know, do all of those things that we do all the time. Um, you know, car seat in in one arm, the most ridiculously designed things ever for a woman. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> carrying a child in a car seat has literally got to be the worst thing for our for our bodies, hasn't it? So it's it's kind of okay. So I know that stuff. So I know that when I um, if I'm wearing my baby or, or pushing a, stro a stroller or a buggy. Um, I know to hold them close. I know to st stay up close to it because all of those lessons that you've learned about how to hold your core and pelvic floor strong and stable and about alignment, if you knew that before, it's a lot, e lot easier afterwards. So, so yes, I would say that if um, any kind of guidance that we can make sure a woman gets pre-pregnancy, during pregnancy, around, okay, what does engaging my core feel like? Because you see directly, certainly immediately after birth, if you had a C-section and then you do a core breathing exercise, you are not going to feel anything going on in your lower abs at the beginning, all right? You've got numbness, you've got scar tissue, you've got, you've got a, a, a traumatized um, uh, abdomen. But if you knew how it felt before, then it gives you that kind of muscle memory confidence if you like that okay I, it doesn't feel quite the same but this is what I did before um if you also understand and have worked with coordinating that abdominal feeling of engaging your your deep transverse muscle and coordinating that with your pelvic floor then okay I can let's say in the case of a c-section okay I can't I can't feel anything around that site right now but I can feel something going on in my pelvic floor and I know that that's connected and um, by uh, the flip side to that of course if you had a vaginal birth you may it, there's going to be numbness there might have been trauma tearing um cutting etc so there is going to be a lack of sensitivity some numbness some lack of feeling um but if you knew before what it felt like when you did your pelvic floor exercises again you've got that muscle memory and you've got that confidence that trust in yourself that trust in your body that yeah i'm doing the same thing i can feel it i can sort of feel something going on in my tummy so it must be going on down there you know it's so i think the, the more that we can get familiar with those feelings um before before there is trauma then it's infinitely easier to to then sort of have that trust and confidence that you're getting it right i think the question we are asked so often is am i doing it right you know, I can't, I can't feel it. Am I doing it right? You know, so we kind of talk through a million sort of different um, visuals and, 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 and cues to help, to help them get through that, that lack of connection. But am I doing it right is probably the most thought, if not vocalised thought about engaging core and doing pelvic floor exercises. Definitely. That's a good point, Winnie, because I think when we, we talked about contracting your bicep and we kind of recognise that's quite a big um, contraction and quite a big movement, but our pelvic floor is a lot more subtle, isn't it? It's not that massive contraction. So quite often people think, well, I'm not feeling it like I am in my arm or my leg, so I can't be doing it. But actually it's a much more subtle um, contraction movement. And we talked a little bit about core strength and engaging your core. And I think when women visualize that what they think of is six pack abs and loads of sit-ups but it's totally not that is it and we've got these different layers of core muscles and so those deep core muscles that you talked about do you mind just kind of summarizing what that actually means and how that's really different to these superficial six-pack muscles that may actually still represent a quite a weak core 
despite Absolutely. how it might look. <laughs> Absolutely. So there are many layers of our core is a system and that system includes the pelvic floor so if you take core and you think of it as a sort of canister type shape you've got the diaphragm at the front which is the sort of the parachute shaped piece of muscle underneath your lungs you've got the diaphragm at the top and you've got the pelvic floor at the bottom and you've got the core muscles around the side right so and there are a number of layers of those now the deepest core muscle is known as the transverse abdominis the transverse muscle and that literally wraps around us kind of like a often described as like a corset then you've got two layers of oblique muscles interior and exterior oblique muscles and then on the front as you say the most superficial or outermost layer um, it doesn't mean superficial not important it means superficial just outermost yeah um layer is the rectus abdominis which is the vertical sort of two sections of muscle that that form the six pack if if if, if anybody's got one um so it's so there's there's all those layers of muscle now what what happens is that and that system works um, very much in coordination with our with our pelvic floor and our diaphragm. So when, for example, um, if, uh, a diastasis recti, for example, which describes the separation of the, that, that front rectus muscle, but of course, when that muscle separates, it's not torn, it's not broken, nothing wrong with you. Um, it's, just, it's just separated a little for now. Um, so what you get is that kind of gap at the front, but it kind of takes all the other musculature with it. So what happens when we have that sort of compromised um, core strength um, at the front is that is that we've got a sort of a compromised core. So we what we want to do is work to bring all of those back together again. That's why we want to reconnect with those deepest muscles to kind of bring that core back to where you want it. Now, exercises that used to work, and again, this comes back to trusting and understanding what you should be jumping back into. There's nothing wrong with a crunch or a sit-ups. It's not a bad exercise. But if in the early stages, if your core is not able to perform that exercise correctly, and it's likely it won't be able to, then it becomes an exercise that won't be doing what you hope it's doing. And at worst could be making a, a gap or a weakness worse. So as I say, there's nothing wrong with, there's a lot of kind of never do this, never do that, you know, for pregnancy and postnatal. A crunch, a sit-up is a perfectly acceptable, functional, useful exercise, and it does work the rectus abdominis, and it, it can, and, it, and it's, it also can actually be effective in bringing it back together to an extent, but, 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 massive but, if your body, if your core is not optimally working, then that is not what will be happening when you do a crunch. What will be happening instead is your hip flexors are taking all the work, your lower back's taking all the work, you're bearing down on your pelvic floor, and none of the tummy muscles that you hoped you were working are actually doing what you hoped they were doing. So it's all about, again, building those foundations those foundations first but there are a lot of layers to our core but also I think it's important to understand too that our core is not just our ab muscles our core is our pelvic floor as well and that whole system is working is working together the alignment of our body is vital in that in that working in the right way being in the right place to work um so yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of elements to it but um it's more than your it's more than your six pack like you say yeah it's so much more than your six pack it, it literally enables us to stand up and, and function doesn't it our core and exactly. back pain as well is a massive thing that i know lots of pregnant or or postpartum mums might suffer with and having a strong core supports your back so it's it's really, really important for all of our normal functionings. And it's absolutely not just having a six pack. <laughs> As quite often we are, we are thought to uh, believe. <laughs> and then I suppose when it comes to returning to exercise or, or movement in the postpartum period and all the recovery processes that our bodies are going through, 
Do you discuss kind of um, nutrition elements in your system in kind of supporting that for women and how that can actually influence and improve their recovery as well? Absolutely. Yeah. What we drink is really, really important to our recovery, massively important. Um, so in, in terms of and, and hydration, too. So, yeah, yeah. So the right food and plenty, plenty, plenty of hydration, um, plenty of water, herbal teas, um, and, and water-rich foods. Um, we need a lot of anti-inflammatory foods in our diets. We need to be getting those green vegetables. We need to be getting, you know, from the, the garlic, the turmeric, we need, we need essential oils, we need um, omegas, we need all of those things. So yeah, it's really important. And I think, um, you know, any, any, any of us that have, have, have nursed or breastfed babies, you know that the second you sit down to start and feed, start feeding, you really wish you'd got that drink of water or cup of tea before you'd started it's is that's your body going i need i need hydration i need hydration in i need sustenance um so yes we do cover we do cover um food and nutrition and diet um absolutely not as we said right at the start of this absolutely not in a in a weight loss or um, sort of restrictive sense, but very much in the sense of providing the nutrition, the nutrients, the anti-inflammatories, the hydration that we need to heal. Um, our bodies are, you know, the, what's actually going on in there is that tissues need to heal. They have been traumatized um, on, on various levels. Our tissues need to heal. If we've got scar tissue that needs to heal, that needs circulation, it needs hydration, it needs, good, it needs great nutrition. So, yeah, really, really important part of recovery is um, absolutely what, what we eat and drink. Amazing. And I think it's funny because in the postnatal period, mums spend so much time worrying about what, what food they're giving to their babies and the nutrition their baby's getting through breastfeeding or through choosing a formula that they think is most suitable and then the weaning period. But we completely forget ourselves. <laughs> and it's actually so important, isn't it? It's imperative to your postnatal recovery journey. And I one of my forgetting ourselves sums up an awful lot of motherhood <laughs> yeah for sure for sure but it's really important and I always say to mums especially mums who are breastfeeding is to pop little bottles of water everywhere in the house where you're likely to find yourself breastfeeding so that when you have that moment of oh my goodness I'm really really thirsty but I daren't move because I finally got this baby feeding you've got a bottle there to hand because it's really exactly. important that we drink especially if you are are breastfeeding your baby as well brilliant now Wendy everyone that comes on my podcast I always ask for three top tips <laughs> and you haven't escaped my my top tip questions I'm afraid <laughs> so I, I wanted to prepare my top tips so okay I'm going to come up with them I'm yeah yeah <laughs> although I think knowing how passionate you are about this I think I think reducing it to three is probably going to be a challenge but um... <laughs> I'll, I'll do my best yeah yeah give it a go first if you give us your three top tips on um, any new mum on their kind of post-birth journey back to exercising in whatever way they want to or they had done before or whatever makes them feel great do you know I'm going to say for my first one Pip is Regarding what we consume in terms of, I don't mean food in this sense, I mean in terms of advice and so-called aspiration or inspiration. So my first top tip to um, a mum, new or otherwise, would be to um, cull your social media feed, cull who you're listening to, what you're watching, um, because 
And, and there's a very, very simple filter for this, and it's a completely judgment-free one. You, you look at whatever makes you feel good, but that is literally the filter. If what you are hearing or reading or listening to or looking at does not make you feel good about yourself, right here, right now, get rid of it. All right, so it's not like, oh gosh, I'll feel good when I look like that or when I do that or when I achieve, no. If it is not making you feel good about yourself um, and how you're showing up for yourself right now, it goes. Um, so that's my first one is, is um, be extremely fussy about the information that you consume and the opinions that you consume as well. You're doing great, you're doing just fine. And if anything is making you feel otherwise, then, then it needs to go. Um, so that's my first one. My second one is going to be um, around just starting and small steps. So go for a walk outside. I know that, you know, regardless of the environment that you live in, regardless of the climate where you live in, wrap up however you need to wrap up. Um, take your baby with you if you can or if you want to or if that's a possibility for you, but walk. Um, and that is just a mainstay, a daily walk outside is something that we we, we do a lot um, and talk about a lot in Muti system. And it's not, it's for the physical. It's for the physical, it's for recovery, it's for circulation, but it's also so much for your mental health too. Get out of the house, get some air, um, walk. So the first one's gonna be walking. Um, uh, sorry, the second one's gonna be walking. And I'm gonna say for the third one, and I know mums are told this, but we still don't do it, is ask for and take help. Because it's, and if, if nobody's, hopefully people are offering you help, but if they're not, ask them for it, all right? It's kind of, and, and that's on every level. That's on the practical level of hold the baby, make the dinner, do the dishes, do the laundry, whatever it might be, um, on a totally practical level, um, ask for help so that you can, so that you can practice some self-care. And by self-care, I don't mean you've got to go to a fancy spa and get your nails done, unless that's an option, in which case great. But it's, um, but what I mean by that is above and beyond anything, get as much sleep as you can, eat well, preferably cooked by somebody else, drink well, preferably brought to you by somebody else. So yes, so what, what was I? It's like, control what you consume, get rid of anything that doesn't make you feel good, go for a walk outside every day if you possibly can, and demand and take help. I love that. That's brilliant. Because like you say, I think, I mean, your first one, social media is amazing in so many lights, but also can be so damaging. And so I, I love that. And absolutely. And look at where you're getting your information sources from, because there's lots of people that have got hearts of gold, I'm sure, but perhaps aren't best placed to be giving you the information they are. So just take something. Everyone's an expert on Facebook, right? Yeah, literally. Yeah, yeah. So, so just be a little bit careful. I love that. And then asking for help because women are... We are notoriously terrible at trying to take everything on ourselves, but we don't need to. And I can assure you that when someone's got a newborn baby, people are always more than happy to come and help. I'll come and hold it. I'll yeah. come and hold it. <laughs> so if there was a time to ask for help, that is definitely the one, isn't it? <laughs> Brilliant. Wendy, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. And I really hope that we've helped women to realise that returning to exercise and movement and that connection with their bodies is is something to be excited about and enjoy and it's not something to avoid because you're concerned about symptoms it's something to recognize and 
and scale back and work through because you will absolutely get to the point where you want to be. It's just doing it in the right way um, and in a sensible and supportive and realistic method, really. Thank you very Thank much you for your time. All right, I'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I really hope that you enjoyed it. If you found it helpful, then please hit subscribe and leave a review. It really does make a huge difference to the number of women we can reach out to and empower. For daily free information, inspiration or details on our bespoke antenatal education, head over to my Instagram page at midwife underscore pip. Thank you and see you next time. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel-Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.